my guest this time around is a guy who uh, he played a couple seasons with the Cherokee and one of the best guys that you're ever going to come across and a really good dude. His name is Zach Armstrong, but we always called him Army. He was just he was just Army. And this guy, not the tallest guy out there, but I tell you what, he played like it. And I, I always loved watching him play. Of course, he went on to play, I believe, at uh, Adrian College. And then, uh, you know, now he is currently trying to become a doctor. Go figure. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Well, Army, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you been, Mick? Oh, hey, you know me. I just I got a pulse. I opened up my eyes and... You know, I was uh, glad to not see dirt. So every day is a gift, man. So I take it. But, uh, you know, uh, let's talk about, let's get to know Army a little bit, what uh, it was like for you growing up. Um, If I remember correctly, you are from Finley, Ohio. Yep. I'm from Finley, Ohio. Uh, Do you want to know more about my playing career or just growing up? Sure, yeah. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to the Um, base. Well, I grew up in Finley, Ohio, like you said. Uh, it's about an hour drive to the Ice House. And um, I started playing in Toledo, I think, when I was 12. Yeah, I think when I was 12. Whenever we could start hitting, during Pee Wees. And that's when I met a lot of the kids that I ended up playing with in the Cherokee. And we just kind of made our way up. I played, uh, we drove an hour to practice most nights a week. Um, that's why the Cherokee became a little family of ours, so... That was pretty much most of my childhood I spent playing hockey, or my brothers played up there too, so we were in that ice rink a lot. Wow. Now, you know, I mean, because you guys only had the one uh, sheet of ice, I think, left in Finley, the, which was the cube, I think? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was the only sheet of ice. And it, it, it's actually very comparable in terms of the makeup of, and the look of the cube is very similar to the ice house. I mean, it's about the same amount of seating, uh, just to more or less, it's about the same thing. The only thing I actually like about uh, the the cube was that the press box is across from the stands, and okay. yeah, and the and the way to get up there, it was a great sight line to watch okay. to call a game. So I mean, that's something that you don't think about, but as a broadcaster i can tell you it actually is pretty cool there now don't get me wrong i could do games across from the stands if i wanted and i can't really complain about the press <laughs> box anymore because they named the dang thing after me so oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah so i have to be i have to say nothing but swell things about it but actually i do i do like it there. i got used to it because you had that one beam that went across so it was kind of it kind of made it a challenge yeah. But it, it also provided heating for the folks sitting outside the box. So, yeah. you know, hey, you know, you take what you get. And right. I was always grateful for it. So <laughs> anyway, um, but now talk about, you know, when you were younger, uh, who who introduced you to the game? Well, none of my parents played or anybody in my family before me. Uh, we were living in St. Mary's, Ohio, which even which is even an hour farther south than Finley, where I grew up. And uh, my dad just liked watching the Penguins. And uh, there was a roller hockey league uh, uh, right next to our town. Um, And it was actually, it was ran by a church. So if you memorized a Bible verse at practice and you said it before the game, your team got a goal before the game even started. Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of where I got introduced. Um, I was fairly good at it. Um, from a young well, age, and 
the, the Bible verses or the or, <laughs> or the game? Both. Both. I was com- I was competitive, so I made sure I had <laughs> made sure I had those verses memorized. Um, but uh, so I, I was fairly good at it, and I played there for a couple years roller hockey. I'm not for sure what age, probably six or seven. I don't know. And then um, my dad's like, well, maybe we try you get into ice hockey. My grandparents actually live in Toledo, so we like started skating at like Tama Shanner is where I learned how to like ice skate. And uh, I like that was fairly natural too. So um, we started, well, I started playing in Finley with my uh, one younger brother, Brandon. Uh, we'd go up a couple times a week from St. Mary's and play in Finley. And then my, my family ended up moving to Finley. Um, and I played one more year in Finley and then we started going to Toledo. So I don't know if we just had a, we like driving around, I guess. <laughs> you guys just nomadic at heart. Okay. So, but, um, it's funny. I, I was just thinking about that, uh, you know, making that commute all the time. Uh, in now what years did you play in a Cherokee uniform and the junior like, team, I should say. Oh, the junior team? Uh, that was my junior and senior year of high school. So 2012-2013 season and then 2013-14 season. Okay. So now uh, what was it about – I mean, you were uh, you know, playing, uh, going through that system. What was it like for you? I mean, that had to be a pretty interesting jump to make as a kid from Finley who you know played started out roller hockey – to making the jump all the way to juniors i mean that's that's still quite a challenge yeah it was it was fun it was something i loved to do when i was younger uh my dad's a football coach so he just has a coaching nature at heart so he always made sure i was in the garage shooting pucks to canada doing that thing to to get better because he knew i loved it and so he challenged me to get better every day and same thing with my brothers but we started playing like i said up in Toledo when i was like 12 and we just had a really good group of guys. Uh, like I said, I'm Bogey ended up playing for Cherokee, Turner, uh, Zalecki, Pogorski, Lehman, Fogarty. Like we had so many guys from that '95 team that ended up playing juniors and that I played with. That we were just a very good, tight, tight knit group of friends. And uh, we didn't want to go play anywhere else because we just enjoyed being around each other. We were always a, a solid team. Uh, so we just kind of worked our way up together, and we, really we made the decision where to play as a group. So. It was a lot of fun. Wow. that Now, that's really interesting. Usually guys will try to get recruited wherever they can and get to the highest level possible and worry about themselves. But you actually got – you guys actually did that as a group. I mean, what uh, – that wasn't a very long meeting, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everyone obviously tries to move up. You try to get as far as you can in the game. Um but like I said, we were always a very solid team. We all got along with each other. It was close to everybody's houses in proximity. So I think that's, it went a long way with people um, to just try to work up that way. So just stay within the TC organization. So what was that like with tryouts? Uh, tell me about what it was like to do tryouts and, and eventually you know, see if you could make it at the junior level. Well, tryouts when we were younger, obviously the first one was tough. But then once we got in, the like younger kids, like when we were younger, then like we all felt pretty comfortable with our roles so that well, there wasn't too much. But juniors was interesting. 
the first time trying out because we all kind of had to prove ourselves because it's even though it's the same organization it's a different jump in uh, the level of play so I think everyone was a little bit more competitive with each other in those camps than we were when we were younger growing up like well we always competed but there was probably a little bit more feistiness within the junior camp just to try to prove ourselves I guess in a sense well I mean did you have to I mean and of course you being a smaller guy and the playing the style of play that you played, that had to also make things interesting from a standpoint of getting checked a lot, uh, taking the abuse in front of the net. Uh, and, of course, you, you love to, to stir the pot yourself. <laughs> uh, and, of course, I don't know what it is with players in, in Toledo, especially the guys who weren't the tallest guys there. But for some reason, all the shorter guys love to mix it up, and they were always... I'll paraphrase crap disturbers. Uh, they were, they were guys that loved to, to, uh, just, uh, get under your skin and, and annoy you and get you off your game by focusing on them and, and dishing out the crap to them. And then they end up, and then of course, usually if we were lucky, we'd end up getting a power play out of it. But, uh, <laughs> talk about what it was that camp was like for you as far as, uh, did you take a lot of, uh, abuse and stuff like that in front of the net or in corners? Uh, when you were playing with different players and stuff, did you take a lot of, uh, uh, I don't want to say that, that uh, people tried to cheap shot you or anything. I'm just saying as far as uh, did people try to play very physical with you, against you? Um, I don't know. I, I think as a smaller guy, you have to, like you said, be be that gritty because no one's going to help you out. So you got to play to the size of everybody else is how I always viewed it. Um, not let them look down on you. So uh, in camp, I don't remember really anything particular uh, out of the normal, just because I was just so used to that's how it was. I liked being physical, liked throwing myself around, even though maybe not a, did anything at the time. But the the closest thing I remember to getting gritty was like my first junior game with the Cherokee. I think it was a scrimmage against the Metro Jets. And um, I got checked from behind, and I got up, and the kid skated away, and I slashed him in the back of the kneecap and turned him around, and I dropped my gloves and my stick to fight him. And then he just skated away, and I got an instigating penalty. And at the time, <laughs> at the time, I think it was Coach Searing, and uh, he said, you know what, I admire your toughness, but that's not your role. So then I, don't, I never tried to fight again in my junior career. Wow. <laughs> so so that was your only uh, attempt at a fight, I should say. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it a fight. <laughs> yeah, no. It's funny. Now, thinking about that, do you remember your first goal in a Cherokee uniform? The first one? Mm-hmm. You had a few. Yeah. That's why I, the first one I'm not. Oh, man. I don't know that I can right now. I'm just thinking back. I might have to go back on point streak and see when it was, and then maybe it'll <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll jog the memory a little bit. Well, that's all right. But uh, now, I mean, talk to me about your first game, regular season game. Did the butterflies go? Were you nervous? Were you anxious? First regular season game we were down that I played was down in Cincinnati. Um, I definitely was nervous. Just because it was a new experience, but I think everyone has a little bit of nerves before they play all the time, just 
not nerves is kind of i don't like using that word per se because it's just like uh you're ready to go like as soon as a puck drops there's no nerves it's just you're just uh anxiously waiting to play i guess and just see how it plans out and play as hard as you can but i remember being down on the bench in cincinnati i think it was a cincinnati steam or something like that yep. back then and um they were the Cincinnati Steam, and they were also the Queen City Steam also. Queen City Steam. I think that's what it was when we were playing them first. Mm-hmm. And I was on the bench, and this is like the first time I ever had like national anthem played before the game. And that's when I was like, had a little bit of the butterflies. Like, all right, it's time to like start going. You're at another level now, so better be you ready. to get serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, who were your line mates? Do you remember back that, then in that first game? That first game? Oof. No, we had. Oh, I played with so many guys that first year. I, I really, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Maybe I did start the first year with Fogs and in Layman because we played U sixteen together. But I don't. We definitely didn't. We didn't end up together because it ended up being uh, Layman, Fogs, and Tyler. I think. Oh, Zebop. Yeah. Z-Buff, yeah. Hey, Zalecki is always, he. I love that kid. He's just a great guy. I <laughs> okay. saw, matter of fact, I saw him today. I was at a golf, we we're at a golf outing and I was broadcasting and uh, he was in the golf outing. So it, it was fun. <laughs> I got to see see him and, Bo, and Bogey actually. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, him and the, the two of them and some of the other Cherokee alumni. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, but, uh, it was funny, you know, it, it just made me think, you know, because, I mean, when you first started, again, it was, when it was you, Layman, Brandon Layman, and Jordan Fogarty, uh, it was just a case of, I mean, you guys were kind of similar size. I mean, you guys were kind of, a, I, you guys look like you would fit in well and complement each other. Uh, you you look like you had a natural chemistry there. But uh, I know you you had to... Because, and again, it, I think it's attributed to your grittiness and your ability to uh, get people to get them off their game. That's the reason you got to play and play with different players. Uh, who were some of the other guys that, if you can remember, who you played with in that first season? Uh, I think I played a little bit with Brody. Uh, I think I played with Blake Pagorski and I think Brett Pagorski. Um, maybe Jordan Pruitt a little bit. I think those three were aligned the first year. I can't. I get the two years mixed up. Um, Austin Turner I played with. Gosh, I'm probably missing some guy's name. I remember the second year better than the first year. Mm-hmm. And my memory's honestly mainly taken up with school facts now. So I was thinking <laughs> this is the first time I've tried to jog the memory on this in quite some time. Well, of course, now you're becoming a doctor. So the fact that you can't remember your first year, that makes me that makes me feel real good if I'm a patient yeah. of yours there, uh, Dr. Armstrong. <laughs> I can tell you that I can tell you the doctor facts. They they just taken over the room. Oh, I understand. I understand. But uh, and and you know what? You're probably now the I think third. You're the you're the actually the fourth uh, soon to be doctor to come go through the Cherokee program. I know, yeah, Jack Goodell is not a, he's not a, a physician, he's a, a doctorate in terms of chemistry. Okay. So he's a chemistry guy. 
Uh, and then we've got, I believe, Brett Lindstrom, uh, Nate Urbaniak, and you. And you. All so right. When you're done, yeah, I'm, I ran into Nate uh, a little over a year ago. He's doing, I believe, anesthesia. Okay. Uh, and I think Brett Lindstrom, his dad was an ER doc at Prometica for a long time, and uh, is now. I think Brett is doing ER as well. I think. Wow. So anyway, uh, I know. I know we've got we've had several. So you're adding to you're adding to the prestige that if you want to go a long way in this world and go into medicine and be a physician, hey, play hockey for the Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so, Doc helped me a lot with that. Uh, oh, uh, Doc Hoffman? Oh, yeah. Dan Hoffman? Yeah. Dan, I, I've known him forever. Matter of fact, we met, we were friends before he came to the Cherokee. Really? So, yeah, we were friends. We met he, We met in the hospital because okay. uh, I work in, I work for ProMedica and, I, w- I used to work as a uh, like a like a nurse's aide type thing in orderly and all that stuff and way back in the day and I ran into him in a room and that in and of that story in itself is a, is probably going to be the subject of another podcast but anyway <laughs> uh, but he just uh, he and I just hit it off in there you know we kind of had similar tastes in music and just kind of you know our personalities just gelled. So we got got along really well. And uh, anyway, long, long story short, got him to the Cherokee, and he's been here, there ever since. Still, still, still going strong. And he's, uh, yeah, he, all the players, I have not yet run across a player that has had a bad word to say about the guy. No, that he's awesome. Tells, and it tells you, I think, everything you need to know about the good Dr. Nan Hoffman. But, uh it's it's funny, you know. He's got that because he's got that quick wit, sense of humor, also. Yes. So that help that helps. Yes. And he also happens to know what he's doing, uh, mm-hmm. medically speaking. So, you know, that's good to know that he helped you as far as you know what you're doing now. So, but we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But I still want to reminisce a little bit about some of the stuff that went on back then. Uh, now, who were your coaches? And you, I heard you mention Scott Searing, but who else was uh, part of the coaching staffs that you dealt with? So the first year that we were there, uh, Coach Searing was the head coach, and then Tarsha was the assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And then at some point during that season, I think it was still during the first half of the year, um, they were let go, and uh, Coach Miller and uh, Coach Omi came in. Or Yeah, I think Coach Omi came in with him right away. And then I think uh, Coach Miller's younger brother, Ke- uh, Kelly, helped out as well that first year. Okay. Um, towards the back half, and they obviously were the coaching staff um, my second year as well. Okay. So, uh, how did you do? You think that affected your the role you had uh, in the first year of transitioning into the second? Did it mean that your role play, uh, the the way that you played, or what your role on the team was, is what I'm trying to say? Uh, did it change at all uh, in that second year? Oh, like uh, because of the coaching change, or yeah. just because? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I, I think they both viewed me as the the same type of player, uh, gritty kid. I had decent skill, not not overly, but I, I played hard. I did as best I could. I tried to be a good teammate to everybody and try to be a uplifting attitude. That's about all I could control. So, and I think they both viewed me that way and and really respected me for that. And so I, I think my role stayed uh, pretty consistent. 
Well, I mean, now, and of course, the thing was, is also you had a team of guys that you all, a lot of you played together growing up. So you, it was a natural uh, chemistry there and you guys all liked each other. But uh, but I'm sure there still had to be some craziness that went on in the locker room or in the bus or in a hotel on the road. I mean, I want to hear some stories now here, Army. <laughs> there's got there's got to be some good ones in there somewhere along the way. <laughs> there's a few. I don't know how many I can talk about, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the leaners were a pretty big thing in the hotel where you fill a trash can up with some water and lean it on the door and knock and then pretty much ding dong ditch the door. Teammate would open it up with socks on and water would fall on uh. their socks. So just little things like that. We put water cups underneath helmets before practice. So if you pull your helmet off your locker and you get water all over the, you, then you're freezing, <laughs> at, freezing cold at practice. Nice. Uh, let's see. One, oh, on the buses – uh we used to make uh the rookies beat you at uh they had to beat every veteran at uh rock paper scissors to go to the bathroom oh on the bus <laughs> and they couldn't go until they beat everybody so that was that was always fun it was not fun as a rookie of course but it's fun when you're a veteran they got pretty bad how how long did it take you <sighs> me yeah Oh, man. I can't remember. I just remember some kids, maybe even me in particular, I don't know, maybe sometimes like 15 minutes. Whew. And sometimes sometimes you can get get lucky and ride a streak and get back there really quick. But, yeah, some because every time you lose, you had to go back a person. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. You could get to the end, and then you could go on a losing streak and have to pretty much start all over. Ouch. That's no fun. But uh, now as far as the leaner, you know what? I, I, I've no, one thing I've noticed in doing this podcast, I, leaners is just standard fare for uh, hockey players to do <laughs> yeah. as a practical joke. And that's fine. But I, I guess that they've lost their creativity. Because uh, <laughs> the only reason I say that is because in the earlier days, I can remember some of the players in, on teams that actually, I remember a couple of times, they stacked they would get anytime we stayed in a nice place, uh, in a nice motel that had glasses in the rooms instead of plastic cups. If they had glasses, they would uh, somebody would get a bunch of the glasses from several different rooms, put water in them, and stack them against the door for a leaner. <laughs> so that not only when the person and sometimes they would do it like in the middle of the night, so that if when they when everyone getting ready to head down to breakfast. You open the door, and not only did it spill water on you, but it made a lot of noise doing it. Oh. <laughs> you know, I like that creativity. You know, I mean, you know, when of course being a member of the organization, you know, you're supposed to yeah. frown upon that. You know, right. guys grow up. You know, yeah. but as far as you know, when you're a player for for the players, I thought, man, that's hilarious. You know, so Definitely I can under I can appreciate that. Yeah. But, so I mean, uh, but what, who was uh, who were the guys that really enjoyed uh, getting a good rib in or a good practical joke? Probably like Brody and Layman and Fogarty did it often. The Pagorskis were known for it. Tyler, there were, <laughs> we had some like Jordan Pruitt the first year. We had a lot of characters on that team. Uh, a lot of people did it. I, I can't even point out to. Specific one, 
It was just one of those things you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But uh, now, as far as, uh, you know, did you, did, when you were on the bus, did you guys have like amateur night or anything like that for the rookies or did you have uh, to go through that? Like where they have to like, like you had to put the phone yeah. and sing? Yes. Any, something like that. Oof. I can't remember. I definitely have been on buses that that's happened. I I don't know why all my hockey stories are kind of running together right now between growing up uh, high school and or yeah growing up juniors in college. So I mean I've definitely seen that happen where the rookies have to get up and sing. I can't remember particularly if it was with the junior team or not. Um, I know we watched a lot of Will Ferrell movies. I know the the rookies had to bring the movies on the bus. Hmm. What was what were the movies that you usually would bring? I loved Will Ferrell movies at the time. So you get you give me anything Will Ferrell like Talladega Nights or maybe like Blades of Glory or Step Brothers. That was I could quote the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, you know what? I probably was probably one of the very few people. In this world, that was not that big of a fan of Talladega Nights. <laughs> oh, it was okay. all right. It was all. It was all right. It was all right. I liked Step Brothers. Step Brothers was funny. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they 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 pulled it together and made the magic work there again. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know, I like Step Brothers myself personally. That's just me. That's just Blades of Glory. That was a riot. Yep, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty funny too. But, uh, of course, I'm a lot older than you, so my movie tastes are a lot different. I mean, I grew up in the era of watching Slapshot when it was first run, not just because it was a hockey movie. Uh, I grew up with Blazing Saddles, uh, Stripes, all those things that, I mean, nowadays, my gosh, people would think you're a heretic if you bring those things up. You yeah. know, but, yeah. So now it's like, you know, but I mean, back then they were they were just they were a riot. But uh, I always like Mel Brooks movies anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, the I remember riding the bus. And, and like I said, it like you, it's like the years kind of run together a little bit. But as uh, as I as we got older, it was like I could only take seeing fight clubs so many times <laughs> because everybody every year somewhere along the way we had to watch fight club <laughs> i don't know why it was just or or the other one was uh boondock saints boondock. to watch that on the bus <laughs> i was just like oh gosh i'm tired of this already again <laughs> again yeah. you know the only the only time i ever i mean i would bring my headphones and my music and stuff and would just blast it so that i could uh so i could just not pay attention to the movie and <laughs> I it the only time I ever took my headphones off to watch a movie was the first time I ever saw Taken. Okay. Liam Neeson. That that was a great movie. That you know, is. You, you know, and even the even the sequels they're not as good, but and they never sequels never are. Yeah. But they were those were still really good. You know, they just weren't at, the first one was a masterpiece. Yes. So, you know, so I I mean I really enjoyed that movie a lot, and we I mean we matter of fact I remember. We were in a bus ride, and uh, Colby, John Cole, the who runs the okay. bar at the ice yeah. house, he was on the bus that night or that day, and uh, he was sitting right behind me, and he's going, "Wow, this is a really good movie," and, <laughs> and we ended up watching it again on the same trip. 
That's oh how much everyone. That's how much everyone enjoyed it. The only time we ever came close to something like that was I remember this was like before you, but one year we were watching uh, what were we watching? Oh, we were watching My Cousin Vinny. Okay. And a lot of the kids had never seen it, even though it was an old '80s classic. Nobody had ever seen it. So we were pulling in from a road trip. It was at, on a Sunday night, and it was late. And we were pulling in, and the movie still had about like a good, I'd say, half hour to go. Okay. They made the bus driver sit there so they could finish watching the movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> the rookies unloaded. The rookies unloaded the bus, <laughs> and all the vets stayed on them that didn't see the movie stayed on the bus and watched the rest of the movie because they loved it. So, that is a great movie. The first time I saw it was on a Cherokee bus, actually. Which was uh, Joe Pesci, right? Is that he? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Joe Pesci. Uh, uh, I just remember the guy that played Herman Munster was the judge. Yeah. And Marissa Tomei, who to this day I still think is like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but, you know, she. I always dug her when she was young, and then. Uh, but when she was in that movie, she. As a matter of fact, I think she got like a, a an Academy Award nomination for that movie. But uh, still, she was just. I thought she was the bee's knees back then, and uh, stuff. So, but. I mean, that, th- those were the kind of movies. I, I always loved the old movies, the movies from the 80s and early 90s and stuff. So, of course, everybody had to watch The Office and, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything else that goes with that stuff. But, you know, it's that's that's just kind of how things are. It's always cyclical. And you got to always remember that every year you've got young kids who, yes. <laughs> it's you know, it's their first time seeing those movies and stuff, even though it's your, you know, 50th. You know, for them, it's their first. So you got to kind of take that into consideration. So now, uh, talking about your second year, uh, you know, the talk about what the uh, what it was like then, and what how the team did, how how did you contribute, and you know, just uh, again, you didn't fight or anything. So, but you were still a, a gritty guy, chippy guy. And I'm sure you probably irked your fair share of guys on other teams. Yeah, uh, the second year, uh, I started off slow um, because I was trying out for a, I had to try out another junior league um, before, like early in the summer, and I had sustained a like high ankle sprain in playoffs the year before, and -hmm. I was trying out with it, and I had it wrapped super tight, my ankle, and it got pinned up against the boards and snapped and I uh, had no. a sp- spiral fracture of my fibula. So I couldn't really work out or do anything the entire summer. Um, I, w- I got back just in time for the start of Cherokee camp. Um, got the boot off and, and uh, did all the training camp. And I felt pretty good. Um, but I, I think I went like 14 games without a point or something to start the year. And that was very frustrating because obviously like – I mean, we were we were winning, but not as much as we would have liked to be winning. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like when you're in juniors, you want to you want to work up, so that wasn't ideal for me. So I got a little frustrated at the beginning. Uh, finally settled in and started getting a lot of points towards the end of the season. Um, but we, I think, we ended up missing the playoffs that year. Um, we were we were a very young team. Uh, I was. 1819 during that season and you were the old man and i was one of the older kids yeah i mean i mean kyler omi and brody duncan and uh donnie nagel 
and maybe there's a couple others. I'm just forgetting names right now. So I'm sorry to anybody that's listening that I'm forgetting your name, but I think those are like the only kids that were older than me and they weren't even age out players. So we had a lot of, we were a very young team, uh, down the stretch. I think, uh, we started losing a little bit of games. I think everybody got frustrated and like how I've kind of matured now. I think I definitely would have handled it a little bit differently because I was the captain at the time. And I think I just, I got two, I think it starts from the top. So I think that just kind of trickled down. We ended up going on a, a pretty big losing streak actually towards the end of the year and we missed the playoffs barely. And uh, I actually played college with a couple of the kids that were in our division from Flint and uh, Metro Jets. And they always, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, didn't we miss it like on in the, at the very end of the season where uh, if we tied or won, we were in. But if we lost both our, our weekend games, if we had to get one point and they pulled the goaltender and I think, I think it was Metro yeah. pulled their goalie and they tied it and then went ahead just before the end of regulation. So I, yeah, was, they, uh, yeah, there's a couple guys on that team that give me crap. Cause we, we, there was like eight games left in the season or something like that. And all we had to do, like for them to get in, we had to lose, I think every single game mm-hmm. and they had to win every single game. And it happened. Yeah, it's one of those one of those and the, snowballs. And we played them the, the last two games of the season too. Yep. So they, they 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 were able to let you know, huh? They were able to rub it into you. Oh yeah. Yikes. But uh, you know, still though, I mean, tell me from a, a standpoint, what did you learn about yourself and about what you did playing hockey at the junior level? Oof. I think I, I that was like the start of like really growing up. Cause those were the last two years of high school, um, driving to practice by myself, uh, from, from Finley, uh, time management. I stayed with my grandparents a lot up in Toledo. So I think time management was very important. Um, how to deal with people like the, the second year, like I said, I was the captain and I don't, I don't necessarily think I did as good of a job as I could have. Um, I mean, I was very close with all the guys, like, and I think they all liked me, and we all played hard, I thought, and did our best But at the time. But I think I would have handled things maybe a little bit differently um, in the sense that, I, 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 like I said, I got too frustrated that we were losing too much. And then I think I tried to make people do things particularly my way instead of like embracing everybody else's way to do their best. I don't know. But I, th- I think about that sometimes because that was a heck of a skid and I still get chirped for it. Well, you know, but the thing is, is that you're also, don't forget, you're barely 18 years old yourself. It's not like you're, you know, some sort of theologian over here that you can (laughs) think about these things and come up with answers. You know, you just, that's where you lean on your coaches. That's where you lean on different people, you know, to do this. But I mean, again, the thing is, is that you learn from it. And that's why I think it helps you when you transition into college and what you did at Adrian. I mean, now let's talk about that. You went to Adrian. Uh, what was it about Adrian that make you made you want to become a Bulldog? Uh, if I'm being honest, it was the academic scholarship. Um, I got a full tuition scholarship to Adrian for academics uh, because I think my intention was to continue playing juniors, 
whether it be with the Cherokee or moving up. But uh, I knew I wanted to be a doctor at the time, and I just felt for like a life decision. I mean, they had a good hockey program, and they recruited me. Um, so I thought at the time is, and I still agree, it was the right move to go and uh, save as much money as I could on college. And we were a very good team. Well, tell me about that. What was it about that team? I mean, you talked about how many players were from the uh, NA3HL that played with you? Um, quite a few. Um, in my class, my first year, we had two kids from the Metro Jets, Zach McKay and Josh Hosking. Uh, we had two kids from Flint uh, Generals, which was Justin Fisher and uh, uh, Trevor Benalio. Um, Austin Rodebush came in with my class. He played with the Cherokee oh, yeah. uh, uh, the year before I did. Um, he was our goalie. And then I think that was, yeah, the, I mean, that was, oh, and Nick Balovich was from Cleveland. He played for the, uh, who was the Cleveland back? Lumberjacks? The Lumberjacks, yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bob Jacobson and the Lumberjacks. <laughs> they always played that song, the Lumberjack from Jackal, <laughs> as, their, as their song whenever they hit the ice. I actually started, I used to like that song, and then I heard it so much <laughs> over there, I'm like to the point where enough already. <laughs> but uh, that's funny. But, you know, I mean, still, that had to make, for, uh, I mean, familiarity helps, you know, in making that transition. But now it still had to be a transition though into college life because you're probably going to be more on your own, uh, doing things more for yourself, and those things come with consequences. You had to make those kind of, uh, you know, a lot of decisions on your own. What was that transition like going into college? Uh, I think I was ready for it. I think I was... I was a responsible kid. I was ready to kind of get out of my house a little bit um, and be with the guys. It, it helped because uh, during the uh, NA3 uh, showcase, I had met a few of those guys that they were the representatives for their team. So I had already known them prior. Um, so, and Adrian does a very good job of uh, meshing kids together early on, like just as a college in general during welcome week. Um, so, I mean, we got pretty close, uh, pretty much right off the bat. Um, one of the kids from Flint is the reason I got my stitches in juniors and we ended up becoming good friends, uh, at Adrian. So the, it's, the world came full circle for sure. Well, what happened there? Tell me about that. <laughs> well, it's kind of an embarrassing way to get stitches, honestly, cause I was, uh, I wore a cage, uh, my junior career. My mom really wouldn't let me not have a cage because she paid for braces so ah. which is <laughs> kind of embarrassing but i was wearing a cage and trevor bernalio was skating behind his net in his zone and i caught him pretty good with a hit he says i didn't but i caught him pretty good with a hit and my cage came up and cut my chin and i had to go get stitches after the game so it's not not a cool stitches story but <laughs> Hey man, you, if you got to light him up, it's not bad, not bad at all. So, but he still says you didn't hit him, you didn't get him good, huh? Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you felt the contact, you know it. So, there's there's that. So now, you know, tell me uh, what it was like playing. What was the jump from junior to college? What was the 
Uh, was the game any different to you when you for, when you first started skating with Adrian? Honestly, yeah, it was a little bit of a wake up call. Um, I think I was the only kid that came as not an age out juniors player ever on that team. Um, so I was still young. I was 19. All my teammates were 21 uh, or higher. Some of them were 25. So there's wow. a huge there's a huge age gap. Um, and I think, I don't know, I thought maybe, I, I probably thought higher of myself than I should have given myself credit for, probably could have prepared a little bit more in the summer because it was a wake up call. Those guys were all very, very good players and they were all built very, very strong and very, very fast. So I had to, I had to get used to, to playing against that type of competition. So the first semester was a little bit of a, a change. Um, we... I played probably half of the games first semester and then got scratched like the other half. Mm-hmm. Um, second semester, uh, I had a really good start after Christmas. I worked really hard in Christmas and I ended up playing, I think, all but like one game second semester. And I, we finished, we got knocked out the first round of nationals. I think we finished within the top 10 in the country my freshman year. Mm. Yeah. So, um, now, who was your coach at Adrian? Uh, those first two years, it was uh, Rob Hodnicki was the head coach. But then we made a coaching change after my sophomore year mm-hmm. um, because, I don't know, the standard at, at Adrian is to win a national championship. And even though both years we finished within the top 10, we had less than 10 losses, um, the team decided to move on, and we brought in uh, – who's the coach there now, uh, coach Gary Estalos. Um, and he changed the culture even more. And I honestly, under, under coach Gary, I barely played. I played, uh, two games, my junior year and three, my senior year, uh, total out of probably 60 some games because he brought in some kids that were really good hockey players. Like some of them that had division one offers, but couldn't make grades to get into, division one schools uh due to the, like that because technically like because we're club and uh you have to have the ncaa clearinghouse to play ncaa hockey but club doesn't have that so mm-hmm. uh these kids they're very very good players some of them are playing pro hockey right now but and then so that year his gary's first year my junior year we lost three games uh, we were like 30-something and three, and then my senior year, we were 34-1, and one, and we won the national championship. Wow. So that that's nice to be able to at least go out on top. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, regardless of how many games you play, the fact remains, buddy, you're a national champion. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, and, you st- and you still got to play. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's that. And now, of course, the big, uh, big thing for you, though, I'm, I mean – a lot of people, you know, go through this thing where they, yeah, okay, I want to get it out of my system, play, you know, minor pro or do whatever it is that, did you ever entertain that thought of wanting to try out at a lower level minor pro or was it, I'm going straight, I want to get to med school? Um, I think I made the decision to go to med school, like during high school. I don't think pro was ever like on the table for me personally. I mean, growing up, like, I had that aspiration, but, I mean, I was smart enough to realize, like, I was a solid player, but 
Uh, even smaller league pro, I, I mean, that didn't interest me as much because I just knew like it was going to be. I love playing hockey, but it was it wasn't going to be my career. So mm. um, I don't think I ever really entertained that thought. Mm. Well, but uh, so when you finished school at Adrian, uh, what were your options and what did you end up doing? Um, so I graduated in the spring of 2018, um, applied to medical school. Um, at that time, because of hockey, I probably didn't have enough like on my resume to apply to medical school, but I did it anyways. Um, I got waitlisted at a couple programs. I got wasted, waitlisted at University of Toledo, uh, Northeast Ohio, um, and started working at the hospital in Finley while I waited to see if I was going to get accepted. Um, so I started working at the hospital, volunteering in health clinics and stuff like that. Just kind of boost my resume. Did more uh, research on cancer um, at Wayne State University. Uh, emergency room gave me a lot of good stories, but I, I eventually I didn't get in that cycle. So I reapplied again once with all my new stuff that I had, the research and the volunteering and working at the emergency room. And uh, I got accepted to a few schools and I decided to come to University of uh, Oakland, uh, William Beaumont program. Um, so now I'm here. I'm a second year student here now and we are currently learning about the kidney. Which is, uh, well, you should hang out with me. Because that's one of that's one of the things I'm dealing with right now. Oh goodness! Yeah, that, uh, being a diabetic and everything, mm. it's uh, that's one of the you know that very well as anybody, and that's one of the things <laughs> that I'm dealing with. But I'm uh, I am um, mule headed and stubborn, so you probably wouldn't get along with me very well as a pa- me being a patient. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's funny. You know, I I I was thinking about this. I mean, of you guys had a wonderful bunch of guys from t- that from the Cherokee the the years you played. I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Fogues went out east. To, he went to the Ivy League, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Layman uh, also. Like I said, I always think of the three of you together. I don't know why that is, <laughs> even though you guys didn't play exclusively together the whole time or anything like that. We're all the same size. That must be it. <laughs> but I always think of the three of you together as a group, as a line. I, I don't know why I just did, but, uh, the thing is now, do you keep in touch with any of your old Cherokee buddies? I haven't as much, uh, recently. Um, the people I did like do keep in closest touch with would be Z Bob bogey and Turner. Um, but even them, I haven't seen them in a while. Last time I saw them, honestly, was, uh, at a walleye game in playoffs. We hung out. I, oh, I, I saw Brody too. So like whenever we see each other, it's, I mean, like we haven't missed a beat, uh, but we do. I mean, we don't text all the time and uh, don't hang out on a regular basis because we're all busy doing our own thing. But we do keep in contact. Uh, we do hang out like when the opportunity presents itself, we hang out. And we have a really fun time. Well, that's good. Now, uh, who would you say uh, who is the team you talked about your dad being a Penguins fan? Was that the team that you followed in the NHL as far as uh, who you became a big fan of? Yes, I am. I'm a, I'm a huge Penguins fan. Uh, I know everybody gives me crap for it because uh, they call me a bandwagon fan, but I really didn't have a choice growing up. And oh, I don't, because I, of the old man. Yeah, and I, I think uh, 
I'm not sure that when I started watching the Penguins, Columbus even had a team. I think if if Columbus had had a team, I might have chose them at that time, but I don't think they had a team at that point. Well, as a Red Wing fan, all I can say is, nice talking to you, Army. Get off. No. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, Sid the Kid, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, were there anybody else that you uh, really admired and followed? I loved uh, Pascal Dupuis, who played with Crosby. He was kind of a no-name guy before he got to the Penguins, and he had the best years of his career playing on the line with Crosby, but he was always a gritty guy. Uh, whenever Crosby would create chances for him, he'd finish, but I mean, he didn't necessarily have the skill himself to, to get it all done, but he was a great team guy. Everybody in the locker room loved him, always played hard, always had a smile on his face, so... I think I probably kind of modeled my game more after him. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, do you ever get to, when's the last time you've been on a pair of skates? College? Uh, no, I, I played men's league in Oakland. Uh, maybe before all coronavirus started. So there was a league going from September to March, but we got cut off in March due to the, due to the virus. But so that was probably the last time I was on a pair of skates, uh, way more out of shape now than I ever was. I was always <laughs> known for being in shape, but definitely not in shape now. Um, uh, even for that, men's league. <laughs> I was going to say that's that it's that med school 10. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Or in my case, it's, you know, it's the anytime hundred, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, now, who would you say, I mean, obviously your dad played a big role in, in, in with you as far as not only on the ice to a degree, but especially off the ice. But who else were some of the people that really impacted you as far as uh, your hockey playing? Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say literally all of my coaches. I took something away from each and every one of them. Um, whether it be like technique on the ice or just how the game works in general. Uh, my first, uh, coach, coach Mike Natashak, he, I started yeah. playing, I started playing with him, uh, like I said, when I was like 12 years old. So I think he's the one that initially started like teaching me the game, like how to play it the right way. Um, but then, like I said, everybody else throughout the way, I, I, I got lucky to have great coaches, uh, growing up because I played with coach Mike for a while and then it was Kelly Kester and his crew were great uh, I know oh he played gosh. for the turkey too they yes, were he did so I uh, we played with him uh, used 16 years and then coach searing for the brief time working out and getting adjusted to the junior system uh, coach Miller did everything could to help me out and deal with uh, how to be a captain how to be a leader that type of thing and obviously in college uh just further progressing. So all the coaches along the way, um, my grandparents, they let me stay at their house on many occasions in Toledo uh, so that I didn't have to drive home in between games and stuff. And then probably, I don't know, probably lastly is my uncle David, because before I could drive, he helped my parents out a lot because I have three younger brothers who played hockey. So we needed help driving to games when we were younger. And my uncle David was always there to help me out with that. So there's a lot of people that made an impact on my hockey career. Well, that's pretty awesome if you think about it. And, you know, Army, uh, I remember I also would be remiss if I didn't say a big shout-out to a guy that 
actually spent a couple a season up in Monroe when we played out of Monroe. Uh, he was the team doctor back then, a uh, long time ago, and a guy you know very well <laughs> down in Finley. Yeah. Uh, yep. Good old Dr. Todd Leslie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember you actually uh, one year we were uh, what were we doing that we were we needed a volunteer for and you volunteered. Uh, was that Gliding Stars or was that the uh, Red Wing alumni game? I think I volunteered for the Red Wing alumni game one year. I ended up doing Gliding Stars uh, actually two years ago, which is that's an awesome program. Did you do the one in Finley? Yep. Wow, I didn't know that because my goddaughter is his his daughter is my goddaughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Grace is my yeah. goddaughter. So you know uh, she's in that program and has been for some time and. Uh, you know, so yeah, that the gliding star, that is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're still a part of it, you know, so I, uh, I can't say enough great things about that. And the whole Grace Speaks organization as well. Yes. Uh, yes. those, those, those charities, like I say, they, you cut my heart open and that's where they're at, you know? Exactly. So, uh, but, uh, You've been always a guy that that's, I, there's always been, you were always one of those guys that when people would uh, talk about you, it's always was, there's something more to that kid, you know, that, uh, than just uh, being a, a hockey player. There was always, you know, yeah, he's smart, but, you know, there's, there's just something more to that kid. And I think they meant in terms of the quality of character you have as a human being. So, you know, I think that's in, in, in all my dealings with you, Army, and I would say this behind your back as, I, as much <laughs> as I would to your face, you were always a guy that I always felt really comfortable talking to because you just seem to have a good head on your shoulders and you still do now taking as much responsibility as you are now being, you know, trying to become a physician and everything that goes with it. I mean, that's a lot of work. So, you know, I mean, I, I give you the full marks for that one. Now, before we wind her up here, uh, is there any questions you have for me as far as something that may have happened back then that you're trying to remember or think about? You know, I like I said, I got 20 years into this thing, so they may run to, the stories run together a little bit. But I try to remember things as best I can. But, uh, you know, feel free to fire away if you've got any questions for me. What's uh? I'm inter- I'm curious. What's one of maybe your more fonder memories being a part of t- the Toledo organization? Well, I mean the easy the easy answer is winning a national championship. Yeah, that was 1998. Okay, but there's more to there's more to that organization than that. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, they I got last this earlier this year this last season I got the SAP award, and that means every bit equally as much to me as that national championship does you know i mean when they unveiled the name of the press box and it had my name on it i i was like i was in tears and i'm not ashamed to admit it you know i was in tears for that because it took 20 years for me to get that and to have them do that it says more about them than it does about me because it says about what quality and great people they are to be willing to think enough of me you know i was just a dumb stuttering kid from the north end you know hey well <laughs> they are great people but don't sell yourself short make you're awesome well thank you bro i appreciate that but i just i just look at it that way i don't ever take myself too seriously i don't build myself up too high i don't take myself too low i just try to stay even keeled you know and yep. and and that's just how i approach life but i would say probably just seeing 
things like that. I mean, there are little moments. I just, the moments are what did it for me. Uh, watching, you know, guys like you, the little guys that didn't always get all the uh, looks from, you know, scouts and things like that. Uh, they, they had to work extra hard just to be able to make it on the team, let alone be able to thrive. And in your case, you ended up being the team captain, you know, for us. And it's, it's, you know, things like that, that, that really make it worthwhile for me. Those are, cause see, to me, that's my portfolio are the guys that went in there, worked their butts off. And regardless of whether they got a scoring title or if they got, uh, you know, uh, a, a contract, you know, I don't care what your business card says. The fact that you turn out to be a quality human being, that's what's most important to me. And so, like I say, the moments, you know, I remember, uh, watching a kid from New Jersey win the uh, win the reverse raffle, and mm. he was I mean it was just the look on his face was nuts. <laughs> and then uh, then when I remember uh, we had a goaltender, he was an earlier podcast you might want to listen to named okay. Ben Wright. Ben Wright. He uh, this guy never played a game in a Cherokee uniform except he played ten minutes <laughs> in the in the in the Herster Cup game. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. He, and that was because he was the third goalie. He was, you know, we had two all-star goalies in front of him. So he was never going to see the ice no matter what. Well, we had clinched our spot in nationals and we were in a restaurant in, I think we were in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. Okay. And we, the whole team was there and we weren't in a secluded room. We were in the middle of the restaurant and we're all seated around each other. And uh, one of our coaches, the late, great Brian Kinsella, uh, got up and said, you know, hey, he said uh, the team took a vote and the vote was unanimous. He said the starting goaltender for the, uh, the I don't remember if it was Gold Cup or it had turned to Herster Cup by then, but I think it was Herster. Anyway, he says the, go- the starting goaltender for the Herster Cup is Ben Wright. And the entire restaurant, not just us, but the entire restaurant exploded, you know, went nuts. Because here's this kid that is a great kid, could have played somewhere else, but stuck it out with Toledo. And, and I mean, talk about character building. I mean, that to me, it took a lot of character to do that. And the fact that he learned from people and to make him try to make himself better. And, you know, he did all of that and stuck with it. And the look on his face, I will never, ever, ever forget it. That's why I did the when I did the podcast with him, I was so glad because it was like, Dude, your 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 whole career in Cherokee was ten minutes, but <laughs> but the uh, the the people, the friends he made, the all of the things that he in the people he influenced, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that you remember, and that's the stuff like with you, the uh, you know obviously you're starting a new exciting career in medicine, but it was the foundation of all those different uh, different players you came across, the friends you made, the friends you made when you were twelve years old. Yeah. That you went through most of your adolescence with, you know, and that, and now that you're an adult and you're getting ready to do things for yourself, you don't forget those guys. You remember them. And they, they you know, those are that's that's to me are the most important things to me uh, when it comes to my, my uh, memories and stuff are the are the are those relationships, those friendships. It's a brotherhood. And it really is. And that's where I really got a lot out of. That's why I'm doing this podcast, because it's my way of saying thank you for that, 
for those friendships, those relationships, that brotherhood. I, it's my way of saying thank you is because I want these guys to be able to understand that even whether you spent a year or part of a year or 10 minutes, it doesn't matter. The fact is, as long as you were a part of that team, you were part of something special and that made it special for me. And it allowed me to do other pursuits in life. Mm -hmm. I was able to do other things as well as this. And it was because of this that I was able to do that. You know, the good Lord blessed me in a lot of ways. And this was one of them. And this is just my simple way of saying thank you is because I want to be able to get guys so that people don't forget. You know, I want them to remember Army. I want because if I'm I always do this with every podcast, I have to guess what the number was that you wore. And I'm trying (laughs) to remember. And if I think if I remember correctly, and I think I got it. I'm most of the time wrong, but I think I got it. Was it 20? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, <laughs> I had my heart set on it's it. It's lower. It's lower. Um, let's see. It wasn't ten. That was Zalecki. Um, I can't remember. Was it, it was I lower can't than ten? What was it? It was eight. Eight? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> doggone it! For some reason, I thought you were twenty. I don't know. But, hey, that's a ghost of the Fogarty thing. I think Fogs was ten or twenty, girl. Yes, up. yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. And then Layman was what? Oof, I don't know, Layman. Layman switched numbers a few times. <laughs> I think. I think. Hopefully, I'm not lying about that. Oh, Maybe I just can't remember it. If he wasn't 19, he had to be like, uh, oh darn it, I can't remember. <laughs> oh well, he'll, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure I'll hear about it on 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 Facebook or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend, I tell you what, man, this has been uh, this has been a fun hour. Yeah. I really have enjoyed this. It's uh, it's uh, it didn't even seem like an hour. It just no. seemed, you know, it just seemed like oh, just a few minutes t- having a cup of coffee with an old buddy. Yeah, uh, you know, or I just uh, you know I can't I can't thank you enough for sitting down to do do this. And uh, you know, uh, I know the future holds great things for you, man. So I I really wish you well. Uh, anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation? Um. I just want to say thank you for everything. Like growing up, it was a huge part of my life and um, made me who I was today. That whole organization from the junior league on down is is truly a family and it, it's ran by great people. And I couldn't say thank you enough to them and also uh, to all the people that I got to meet. Uh, miss you guys. It's awesome to be a part of this. And uh, thanks for having me on here, Mick. It was good to catch up. Well, I tell you what, within the next couple of years, we are going to be starting some stuff up here with the alumni. Okay. And one of the things that we're going to be doing, I know we're going to pr- try and get uh, some alumni games off the ground, but of course it'll be older guys against older guys and younger guys against <laughs> younger guys. Cause we can't have bloodshed, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just from, uh, or, or, or hip fractures as it were for some of us. <laughs> old. But, but the key to it is, is we want to get guys to come in talk to some of the current members of the Cherokee to let them know what it means to be TC, you know, and, and also the chance for a, you know, a bunch of us to get together at a couple of games and just sit there, have a couple pops, tell tall tales and have a few laughs, you know, cause yeah. that's what it's about is like I said, the brotherhood, the friendship and the kindred spirits that are. So I'll tell you what, Army, thank you for doing this, my friend. And I hope we can stay in touch and talk again. Yep. Thank you again.
Oh, that's going to do it here. Episode 18, a very good one here with Zach Armstrong. And uh, don't forget, you can digest this or consume this, however you want to call it, uh, this uh, podcast on all the different out podcast outlets, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, etc., Spotify. Just put in Cherokee Rewind and it'll pop right up for you. We drop them each and every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, catch each one. You can subscribe. Go to the, uh, our Cherokee Rewind site on Podbean. Uh, it's I have the link up on social media. So you can just follow it right over there and follow it. So it lets you know when each new episode drops. And you'll be able to check out what's going on with all the different Cherokee players from the past that have... Uh, well, they've been a part of our lives for all this time. So for Zach Armstrong, I am Mick. Thanks again for hanging out with us and tuning in. And we will talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.